I'm Kat. And I'm Cass. And you're listening to Two Book Book Bitches. Bitches. Welcome back. Hello. To our podcast where we tell you things and you listen. Hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) Where we pronounce things wrong. Oh my gosh. All the things wrong. Like literally everything. It's so bad. Like I promise I'm literate. You know what though? Like if it's a word that's not real, like it's not our fault. How am I to know how this is said? And other thing, I was talking about this with someone and I was saying how you should be able to tell people like, hey, I'm about to say a word I've only read in a book and I've never heard out loud before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I I cannot remember what word it was, but when I said it, they were like, oh, that's not how you pronounce it. And I was like, okay, but like I've only ever read it. Like I've never said it out loud in a conversation because it's not like a very typical word. A hundred percent. And I think that there should be some leniency on that. A hundred percent. you're not giving me like, – I, de- I deserve clemency. If, there, if I'm not listening to the audiobook and there's – and I'm just reading the book and the book doesn't come with a glossary a guide. or a guide on how – the names are said, then it's truly up to my interpretation. Exactly. How it's read. Exactly. And if you don't like it, I mean, that's your prerogative. Exactly. But you just, you know, don't be mean about it. Exactly. Because we're just trying our best. We're literally just trying our best. Yeah. But anyways. Anyways. So, we're back with House of Sky and Breath. Correct. And today we're doing chapters 25 to 33. Yes. If you're reading along with us. Yes. And so, where we left off last time, um, Rune was captured by the Reapers mm-hmm. and brought into the sewers. Yes. And Bryce follows after them and they tell her that they have a message from Napoleon, just kidding, <laughs> Apollyon, the prince of the pit, who says that he's starting a war and wants a worthy op- opponent this time and wants to face Bryce at her full powers. And that he's also searching in the bone quarter for the other one who might be his worthy op- opponent or his greatest enemy. And we assume that's Emil. Yes. Then Cormac appears, and together with him and Bryce's Care Bear stare, they manage to defeat the Reapers and get to see. Thank goodness. And she, like, kills a Reaper. She like, kills it's, a like, Reaper. Very with dramatic. The, the star, star sword. sword. Yes. So now we're with Therion, um, who has been summoned to see the River Queen, who tells him that she heard that he asked her daughter on a date above. Yeah. The River Queen thinks that her daughter is too fragile to handle going above. So then she asks him, she switches topics and asks him about his progress finding Emil. And Therion tells her that he thinks Emil has made it to the city. And the River Queen emphasizes that she wants to be the one to find him first, mm-hmm. especially before the other river courts who are ruled by her, like three sisters. There's Cute. like four courts. Are they, and I think they're all ruled by, like, the ocean there's, there's, queen. Yeah. No, there's four quotes, court, courts, and they all have different queen. But they're four rivers. And then there's one big queen in the ocean, I think. That I don't know. I think. All I, I could be making that up. there's rivers, and there's four queens. Mm-hmm. Um, Therion suspects that this specific queen um, is so eager to find a meal so that she can use him as a weapon in order to take over the other river courts. Yeah. He is then dismissed, and as punishment for asking her daughter out on a date above, she has Therion pick trash that has fallen in the water from above as a way to prove to him how the people of above disrespect the citizens of the beneath. It's giving Ariel. Like... She's giving Ariel, yes. With her daughter. Yeah. No, but even... Daughter is Ariel. Yeah, but even, like, Therion right now, where she's, like... Where he's, like... I love above daddy. And she's like, go pick up the trash because humans are stupid. Like, it's so Therion's giving Ariel. 
Today, yes. Okay. Today, last time it was the River Queen's daughter. This, this time, time Darion is Ariel. Confirmed. Okay. <laughs> now we're back with Rune, who has gone to see his father to ask him about this star sword. He tells his father, like, an abridged version of what happened with the Reapers, leaving Bryce's name out of it mm. and only mentioning that the Reapers, like, reacted in some kind of way to the sword. Um, his father replies saying that, you know, well, it's an ancient sword from another world made of metal, the fallen star. It's so, always something so yeah, fancy. So maybe the Reapers can sense that the, sto- the sword exists beyond the laws of this planet mm. and therefore want to stay away from it. Right, because they're dead, but then they died. Yeah. Which Interesting. can't be double dead. His father then mentions that if the sword is acting up, that then Rune should keep it away- as far away as possible from his sister. <sighs> and he says that in ancient times, starborn rivals would kill each other. Rune is appalled at what his father is suggesting, but his father says that if Rune had any backbone, then he would have killed Bryce the moment that he learned she was starborn. What the fuck? I know, right? Crazy. But Rune has like is like pitting against like pitting him against his sister won't work. Yeah, because they're very much in their like sibling era right now. He's like, me and my sister are good. Yeah, me and my sister against the world. Pitting us against each other won't work yeah we're better than that i also think at some point he even says he's like i wish i was there for a lot of my like sister's events that i wasn't when she was younger like he he really mourns the loss of like that relationship early on well i mean like they live forever so they got lots of years they got lots of time to make up for it um okay so we're back with bryce um and hunt and cormac and they're at the black dock and they're talking about cormac's teleportation and bryce is like you need to teach me how to do that that's like so fucking cool and cormac is like honestly it was once a gift of the starborn and hunt is like if bryce learned it she'd be unstoppable so like honestly she's probably gonna learn how to do it right yeah like possible i feel like she checks out makes sense i feel like she's gonna be very powerful Yes. I get the vibe that she's going to be very, Let's very powerful. Let's just hope there's no situation where she has to give up her powers. I'm so sick something. and tired. So yeah. sick and tired of that. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And they're also discussing where the Reapers came from. And if they believe that the Prince of the Pit sent them, I think, uh, or if it was someone else, I think, if you remember in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, Pepper's just like, she has no respect for personal space. Yeah, she's just loving you right now. Um, I think you remember... In the last episode that we did House of Sky and Breath, and we were like, why would he send them if he wants them to train? Like, blah, 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 yes, So the, the exactly. group is also thinking the same thing. They're like, is it the Prince of the Pit or is it someone else? Like, what's going on here? Like, what's really the motive? Um, either way, they decide that they're going to find some way to look for Emil in the Bone Quarter. But Hunt and Cormac don't physically want to go. Um, Bryce calls Jessica, who agrees to send her, like, death marks so that they can cross the river. And before Jessica hangs up, she's like, oh, why don't you start wondering why Danica was always around the gallery? Boop. Hangs up. She's always dropping, like, hints like this. And I'm like, oh, my God, you how much more moments. can Bryce take of this? Honestly, like, at this point, she really just doesn't know her friend at all. No. Like, were they even friends? No, like, not at all. Like, like what the fuck? They? I'm on unsure at this point and and i think like in response to this bryce was like thinking she was like oh well she just liked to hang out with me but that's clearly not the case like just knows something yeah something's amiss something something is up um bryce tells hunt that he's her plus one for the trip tomorrow and that she wants to know where those reapers came from so that she can talk to the under king herself she's like I need to know where the Reapers came from because when we go there, I don't want to, like, fuck up this whole situation with the Underking. Like, we need to have our, like, ducks in a row. 
Back at the apartment, Declan and Ethan are combing through camera footage of the black dock while Hunt, Bryce, and Rune are there for moral support because they they all just need to be like buddy-buddy at all times. Declan is also trying to create a program that will look through footage of Danica and Jessica's library. And then mind to mind, Bryce is admitting to Rune that she can't take much more of Danica's surprises and it feels like she never really knew her. She's like, I don't know how much more of this I can do. I feel like at every corner I turn, it's like I learned something new about my friend that I didn't know before. And now I'm just like, I have no fucking idea who this bitch is, which true. Rune is like, Danica loved you. And Bryce is like, sure, but why was Danica always poking around the library? And remember, like, in the library, there was a lot of, like, banned books, books that you're not supposed to have. Like, um, so it's possible that Danica was probably doing research for one of her little, like, rebel projects, TBH. Rune promises her that they're going to figure it out. Um, and they eventually find one of the Reapers on the camera footage, but it just kind of, like, pops in out of nowhere. Um... And they're still combing through all the camera footage when Bryce is like, you know what? I'm going to the gym and Hunt decides to follow her. And that's where we get that little conversation between like, yeah, with- oh, I think it was like what? Ethan. It was Ethan. Like I th- uh, Rune. Rune, maybe. Yeah. And he's like, Hunt. oh, what would have um, Connor picked? Therion might have been there too. I yeah, maybe. But but basically the conversation is like Hunt leaves even though there's a sunball game on and they're like, oh, who would a Connor – like, what would Connor have done? And Ethan is like, oh, he would have stayed to watch Sunball. And then they're like, what would have you have done, Ethan? And Ethan's like, I would have gone with Bryce. So that's where my theory of, like, he has a crush on Bryce comes from. I still think that – I still think they're just friendly. You let us know what you think. I get little baby crush vibes from the both of them. I don't know. Maybe. I don't believe it. I'm, I'm still conflicted on it. But okay, okay. we'll touch on it later because we'll it touch up on. again. Okay, good. Um, Bryce and Hunt, in fact, don't go to the gym. But instead, they meet up with Juniper and Fury at the meat market. I also don't go to the gym when I say I'm going to go to the gym, so I relate to this on a deep level. Bryce thinks that maybe where the weary souls find relief could mean the meat market. Bit of a stretch, but okay. That's like a big stretch, but sure. Yeah. So the four of them split up to look around the market, but by the time they meet back up, they still have found no sign of Emil. Mm -hmm. Hunt can sense that Juniper is like kind of uncomfortable with being in the meat market. And then he asks Fury about it, and Fury tells him that Juniper's brother was a fighter mm. um, here, and that he got mm-hmm. scammed into working for the Viper Queen, Ooh. and there ended up being, like, no way out of his contract with her, Ugh. and then he ended up dying in a fight ten years ago. That's so sad. Yeah, so she doesn't really like being there, and, mm-hmm. and she hates, like, what it represents. Mm-hmm. And Viper Queen must be stopped. Right. Um, after this, Bryce and Hunt eventually do go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Which quickly turns into a different kind of workout session Mm -hmm. with Hunt going down on Bryce literally right in the gym. Yeah. Anyone could walk in. Luckily, they are alone and Hunt uses his, like, special powers to, like, block the door, like, wipe out the security cameras and uses his wings to shield the window. So, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I I think, like, the way I pictured it was, isn't she sitting on a counter? She is sitting on a counter. Yeah. Uh, the way I pictured it, she's sitting on a counter. He takes out the security cameras with his electricity or whatever. Yeah. And his wings are kind of blocking her from view of, like, the windows. That's exactly so, what I just said. Yes. <laughs> I thought you meant his windows. I thought you meant his wings were physically blocking no, the windows. No, I said he took out. No, his wings are blocking her view, the view of her oh. from the windows. <laughs> I'm so dumb. I thought she said. I thought she said his wings were up against the windows, no, like blocking the windows. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Whatever. 
we say the same thing, but it's we all understand. What Either we way, mean. girlies get eaten out. Yes. Anyways, where was I? Right, she was getting eaten out. Luckily, they're alone. Turns out to be a super fun time. With Hunt literally is like zapping her clit, which is apparently an amazing feeling. Oh my god, yeah, he like puts lightning in her puss. Like, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and that's crazy. While he's going down on her, um, she's like losing it. She's like losing her mar- mind, her marbles, all of it, and she tells him that she loves him, <gasps> which she thinks like, oh shit, I just ruined the moment. She's like, Fuck. but turns out he likes it, and that just like gets him even like going even faster. Um, and then when she finishes, he tells her that he loves her too. How do you feel about love admissions during sex? Like for the first time. Like first time love admissions that happen during sex. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I just don't believe it sometimes. But I feel like, you know what they say, like when you're drunk, you say the truth. Because like oh, yeah. your, drunk your inhibitions are like. Speak sober thoughts. Yeah, like, like yeah, your inhibitions yeah. are gone. Mm-hmm. Like when you're in a moment like this. Maybe, you know, I can see both ways of it being like, mm. well, maybe you're like you're just feeling feels and it's like not what you really want. But yeah. also maybe you're so into it that like you're not even thinking. So your inhibitions are gone. So you say what you're. Yeah. Like you're not thinking about the consequences. Yeah, you're just you're like, just oh, my God, I love you. You're actually thinking, you know? Yeah. Fair. I always like interpret it more as like I'm just feeling all the feels and I'm like hormone rattled. So like I just have to say something. True. True. And in fact, later on, he asks like oh, you were under duress. Like, did you actually mean it? Duress. <laughs> That's what he wants to call it. Duress. That's what he calls it. That's cute. But before we move on, like this is the spicy pepper rating scene. I'm giving it a four. I give it. I like the lightning to the puss. I thought that was a fun touch. See, I was, I was like, interesting. You were like, what a choice. So, like, for me, a 3.5. What if she had a pacemaker and he didn't know about it? Dead. True. That's a crazy. I'm sorry. That's a crazy. Now that I'm reflecting. Hold on. That's a crazy thing to whip out without asking. Yeah. So, for me, it's a 3.5, I think, because of the lightning. Because, like, it's interesting, but also interesting. Like, it's not funny, haha. Like, funny, weird. I don't know. Yeah. So, it didn't tickle your fancy, so to speak. Okay. Fair, 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 fair. So, anyways, we're back in their room now. And again, they're talking about what they just said to each other. And, like, he wants to make sure that, like, she means it and she does. And obviously, what this means for their relationship moving forward. Um, And they debate what to call each other now. But, like, boyfriend, partner, lover, they all just don't seem right. They don't sound right for them, you know? True. Hunt asks, like, what about mate? Which is the term that angels tend to use um, to call their, like, life partners. Mm -hmm. But Bryce says that to, like, the fae, mate is, like, a very serious term, meaning, like, a lifelong, like, a lifetime commitment that is very binding. Like, it's very serious. Yeah, it's not just, like, a marriage. Yeah. Because, and and I think the book talked about this a little earlier, and we had chatted about it. Like, the angels did mention, like, mate is basically just saying, like, you're married almost. It's like, it's like, oh, my husband, my wife. Yeah. My whatever. Whereas this is a bit more, Mm -hmm. like soul binding like there is a like it could be physical but you could feel like a link between your souls yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. um and bryce just wants to make sure that hunt like understands like what it means when he's like telling yeah. people that um she's his mate yeah because um, depending on who hears it they'll yeah, interpret it like different differently. things but they do decide that mate fits them and that's what they will be calling each other moving yeah. forward and it's interesting because like it's a very different approach to the whole mate thing mm-hmm. compared to like akatar because, like, in Akatar, they talk about, like, how they feel the mate bond, like, snapping into place. Or it's how, like, or they'll sometimes describe it as something that they always 
knew. Like they always felt. It's like very, it's definitive. Amazing. Yeah. Whereas here it seems like almost a bit more choicey. Like you could pick yeah. it. Less like. I wonder how that'll come into play. Yeah. Like the way they describe it right now, it almost seems a bit more like you have a choice in the matter. Yeah. You're my mate. Yeah. Whereas like, in yay. it's kind of like. You're my mate. It is or it isn't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's a bit more definitive. And and I feel like the mate thing in Akatar, because it like it is or it isn't, like it doesn't always work out well. Like you might not be in yes. love with your mate. Exactly. Like, like the it, whole Elaine and Lucian, Lucian thing. Situation. Or even um Reese's parents technically were mates, but they didn't like each other. Yeah. So I it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I'm, and I I'm think intrigued. I know something. Don't tell me. So and I don't want to tell you. So, so we'll probably revisit this conversation I again for case. sure. Um, I feel like people also have this conversation in real life, especially lately, because, like, I feel like as you get older, like, boyfriend just seems so, like, like, he's my boyfriend. Especially if you've been dating for, like, such a long time. Yeah, like, low-key, like, before, like, Thomas and I got engaged, like, we had been dating for, like, eight years at that point, and I was just like, boyfriend sounds like so not what it is yeah and it's kind of like you're just waiting for it to turn into at least fiance or yeah. something to like make it sound more serious yeah because i honestly think that especially when the relationship is very serious to you when, yeah. when you say boyfriend to someone they don't take you as seriously it's so true and sometimes like i i like go on reddit like i love reading like am i the asshole and stuff like that and i always see stories of like oh like they won't invite my boyfriend to a wedding even though other people's partners like oh i read this one story where it was like uh the the girl's sister wouldn't invite her boyfriend even though they'd been dating for 10 years but invited the other sister's husband even though they'd been together only for three years or something like that yeah and i was like yeah like that does it it just feels weird it does like it doesn't really fit but Mm -hmm. like i do think that there's Mm -hmm. like people do take it like yeah i feel like partners becoming more common and i actually like that um i heard i hear people using partner like life partner more frequently which is nice because then i didn't like saying fiance that sounded weird really i like fiance i didn't like fiance i like fiance i mean obviously i like husband the best husband's wish, cool i wish there was like maybe a like a term in between like boyfriend like something a bit more serious but I, you know before what? uh boyfriend and I like partner I would be okay with partner I mean it's a non-issue for me now because like I'm obviously, married yes, but it's not an issue anymore obviously but yeah I would like more suggestions yeah. like more options if yeah. you will I love that I love options yeah because yeah, I, I feel options. like when you're 18 like boyfriend's cute but then when you're like 29 like boyfriend seems so unserious and that's probably like not a reflection of your relationship yeah, exactly like, that's my point which yeah. is why I think there should be options options variety you know? tell us what you call your significant yeah, others I mean, I guess they're significant other, but that's like, I don't know. Significant other's too vague in a way, almost, you know? I yeah. don't know. Something about it. Yeah. Tell us what you call your significant others. Okay. Anyways, Rune is, so we're with Rune now. So Rune is on the mental bridge again, and he's talking to Agent Daybright, Sans Crystal. So basically, it's an accident. So they've kind of realized that, like, they don't really need the crystal commu- to communicate anymore. They're, like, linked, you know? Um, Agent Daybright tells him that the hit on the spine is a go and that it should happen three days from now because the train's going to pass by and it's going to be carrying those, like, veneer mech suit prototypes. Um, Rune ends up asking, like, a bunch of questions and throughout this he ends up revealing that he's in the aux unit. And Daybright is like, you're actually so fucking stupid and so untrained, like... Why would you reveal such an important piece of information? And she accuses him of being a loose cannon. 
and suggests that he wouldn't last under torture and that the rebels like have ways of getting people to disappear she's like you're like you're so dumb like why would you tell me that and then when she says like the whole like people disappear part rune goes like sophie renast and agent daybright is immediately like shut the fuck up you don't know what you're talking about and rune keeps trying to pry asking what daybright knows about sophie um because like they were obviously partners like sophie was the one communicating with agent daybright i think her name was agent i don't know she also had an agent cypress yes agent cypress um but daybright ends the meeting and leaves she's like fuck this i'm not dealing with this anymore back with the entire gang rune has told them about the spine hit and hunt wonders if daybright can even be trusted he's like is she like a double triple quadruple agent or whatever the fuck i mean he's not wrong no he's not wrong like thought that because like if they go and that's not good information like they're fucked like hard um cormac is like either way i have to pass along the info to my superiors and bryce is like fine but like kind of keep us out of it type vibe rune cormac and ethan leave to deliver the intel and then bryce and hunt head for the bone quarter so the the group splits up yeah so bryce and hunt are waiting at the black dock and Bryce has the uh, star sword with her mm-hmm. that Ruin left for her to take with her because he's like, listen, you need that for some, if there's any Reaper trouble, you know? Since yeah, we know yeah. that it can kill the Reapers now. Right. Um, they both drop their death marks into the water and then from behind, just Bastion appears. Be like, hey, what you doing? Why is this guy always like, fucking around? No, literally. He's he like, asks hey. them, like, where are you going? Who are you going to see in the bone can quarter? And Bryce just comes out right, like right out and says it, being like, "Yeah, we're going to see the Underking." <laughs> I love her. And I, she's and like, "Yeah." He's literally like, "I don't know if you're being serious or not." But like, sometimes, good luck. sometimes if you're doing something so ridiculous, it's best to just tell people the truth because then yeah. they will like won't believe like you. He's, he's not even sure if he's being serious. But then the boat appears, and Bryce and Hunt get on it, leaving Bastion on the docks. Mm-hmm. Then once they arrive at the Bone Quarter, there is still no sign of Emil, so they head to see the Underking. Mm-hmm. When they find the king, he tells her that this land is close to her and asks her why she has come. Oh, yeah, because she sold her soul. She sold her soul? She sold her place in... The Bone Quarter. In the Bone Quarter, like, or, like... Afterlife. Afterlife for Danica to have one. Yes. Because Danica already lost her, I forget how, but... Yeah, she she basically gave it up so that Danica, Danica could, could like go. rest. Yes, essentially. but that means that Bryce can't yeah. rest. So that's why he's like, it's closed to you. Like you, you're not allowed to be here. No, too. I think he means it in the sense that like she's alive. Like, why are you here? Well, that too. But I also took it to mean like the bone quarter is permanently closed to her. Like even after the fact. Oh, okay, sure. Multiple ways of interpreting. It. Yes. Bryce asks him why the Reapers attacked Rune, and said that they were sent by like. Apollyon by the Underking. Um, oh, sorry, no. The Reapers were sent by Apollyon, and Bryce wants to know why. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Underking denies any knowledge mm-hmm. of this, and he says that he didn't send any Reapers to attack her or ruin. Okay. So he has nothing, he has no idea yeah. what the Prince of the Pit wants with them, kind of thing. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Saying. Yeah, whether yeah. or not they believe it is uh, is different story. And whether or not it's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bryce is confused how the Reapers could just, like, defect him and serve hell. Mm-hmm. Um, since, like, well, if the Reapers... If you're the king and the Reapers follow you, why are they following the Prince of the Pit now? Yeah, like, seven? shouldn't you be, like, head honcho yeah. for them? Yeah. Um, but the Underking says that basically the Reapers first came from hell. So who was to say that the Reapers that attacked her were even his Reapers? That's true. So essentially, there are multiple Reapers ruled by and different appara- people. Okay, so this is something 
that I learned. So I was picturing the Reapers as Dementors, first of all. I'm picturing them as Grim Reapers. Oh, like the whole... Yeah. Okay. I was picturing them as Dementors, and I was picturing them as Faceless. So I thought they were just a collective group of beings, and all of them were Reapers. But apparently you can tell the Reapers apart, because when they were looking at the yeah, footage, they were like, like, oh, they were like, that's him! And I was like, that one's got a mole on his face, that one yeah. has one too. He was like, no, no, that one's so much taller, the one yeah. that jumped me was shorter. Which is why I'm picturing, like, Reapers. Now I'm just picturing, like, zombie-looking things in cloaks. I'm picturing a Grim Reaper. Okay, fair. Like, multiple of them. But I also picture Grim Reapers as all looking the same. So it was just so funny to me that, like, there's distinct Reapers. It's like, yeah, that, the Fred, the, the Reaper Fred. Like, that's him. Like, do they have names? I don't know, but I would love to know. Anyways, <laughs> Hunt and Bryce believe that the Underking is telling them the truth and that he obviously doesn't really, like, know who these Reapers are and what mm-hmm. they're, what master they serve. Yeah. Um, and then Bryce asks him if he knows anything about Emil and Sophie's whereabouts. Mm-hmm. But the Underking swears that there are no living beings on this island apart from Bryce and Hunt at the moment. So essentially, ATM. they're not there. <laughs> okay. Bryce asks where the pack of devils are, but the Underking says that she is not entitled to speak to them. Mm. She asks him if Leava is here, and he says that at fire sprites don't come to the Bone Quarter. Bryce asks again where the pack of devils are, and he says that Danica was here, but that the the dead dwell here only until loved ones either forget or don't come asking. But then they are herded through the gate to become first light or second light. So essentially, the sleeping city is a lie. Right. It's not like the souls live there eternally. No, they're, they're forced to, their souls are forced to be like. Fed back into the energy yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also admits to feeding basically on the souls of the dead for energy for himself and to give back to the dead gate. Icky. So essentially, afterlife isn't sounding so great. It's not some nice place. It's not very can, peaceful, calm. Yeah, because he, she was literally like, "Well, I remember like you showing me some like, like a like green oasis, like when when he showed her yeah, the, yeah, end of yeah. the last book, like Danica and the the, the back of devils, and he was like, "Oh, I was just showing you what you wanted to see." so i would literally i'm confused though because this means that like does this mean that all the souls now are just like first light again and that there's no real afterlight or is he also lying to them i'm confused i think i mean again you'll see more of it as you get on in the book but i think it's more so that there is no solid afterlife sucks yeah that's that the, the the energy continues to get recycled yeah it just recycled um, but Bryce doesn't understand why he's even telling her any of this. But Hun is like, ah, shit. It's because he's not letting us leave here alive. I love when the villain is like, I'm going to tell you everything because yeah. you're going to die. And then the Underking says, I should like to taste your light, Bryce Quinlan. Yucky. Um, we are with Rune and Ethan and Cormac. And they are delivering the intel. And I, and I believe that they're delivering the intel in this, like, shady, like, alleyway or something like that. And Ethan and, like, Rune are keeping watch while Cormac is telling it. But they realize that there's a shit ton of dreadwolves all over the city. And everyone is uneasy because they know the hind is in the city. Because wherever the dreadwolves are, usually, like, the hind is, like, close behind. Cormac finishes sharing the intel with his contact and he tells them that the Asteri suspect that Emil is still in the city and that it is likely that the Hind and the Dreadwolves are 
currently hunting for him. Rune wants to make some calls to see what they can do about the Dreadwolves running over the city. And Cormac is like, you know, see what the Asteri do. Like, they assert their power over others and we are never truly free. Because, mind you, like, Lunathion is like a free city. Crescent City is a free city. But now everyone's like inside and like hiding because they don't want to come into contact with the Dreadwolves. Um, suddenly all of the boys are super on edge because a dread wolf has appeared at the mouth of the alley where they're hiding. And I think they're all like cloaked in darkness. Like I think like, yeah, yeah, like Rune is like helping hide them. And the dread wolf is Mordok and that is the Heinz second in command. All the boys are asking each other like, oh, does Mordok know you? Does Mordok know you? Because like dread wolves have a really good sense of smell. Um, and Ethan is like, you know what? I've actually met Mordok once at the den because he's Danica's father. And I feel like this is just some really weird, like, thing to just throw out there. I forgot you know? she even had a dad. Yeah, that's my thing. I was like, she didn't have a dad. Like, no, Immaculate Conception. Like, I just don't. <laughs> like, it's just, like, random in a way. And I'm like, how does this come into play all of a I sudden? know because we always talk about, like, who are Hans' parents, who are Hans' parents, blah, blah, blah. But I was never like, who's Danica's dad? I was just kind of like, oh, Danica had some dad at some point. Yeah. And, like. Like, but who cares about him? Yeah, but obviously he's, like, a major, like, part of the story. Like, he's yeah, the high and well, second in command. Yeah, he's going to come into play a lot now. Exactly. But I just thought this was, like, an interesting throw in there. It was, was like, such oh, a throw threw in. Threw me off for a second. Yeah, same. Like, oh. And then I was like, does does Bryce know that Mordok is, like, who her dad you is? You know what? I'm going to go with no, because she probably knows not. nothing about her friend. 100%. Um, so back with H- Bryce and Hunt, she's, like, Bryce at this point is taking out the star sword because... The Underking has summoned a demon dog called the Shepherd, and Hunt tries to fry it with lightning, but all it does is split the dog. So now there are three dogs trying to kill them. It's giving Cerberus. It's giving Cerberus and the Hydra, because every time you hit the Hydra, it like multiplies, oh, yes. you know? Try to, whenever you cut a head on to Margro. Exactly. Um, so Bryce and Hunt start running, and but they're getting like lost in the mist, and then Bryce, like, literally runs into the dead gate. Like, dead ass, like, full-blown, like, boom. Like, smacks into the dead gate. Um, and she drops the sword just that the, as the dog, like, emerges from the mist in front of her. And to continue on with the suspense, we pop back to Rune. And he's panicking about Mordok. And Ethan explains, like, mind to mind. He's like, yeah, Danica and Sabine wanted nothing to do with him. And they rarely mentioned him. Rune comments there, like, you know what? They look nothing alike. And Ethan is like, well... You know, the resemblance is more like skin deep because they're both bloodhounds. Oopsie daisy. So basically, if Mordok catches any of their scents, like they're fucked. Rune tells Cormac to teleport them out. So Cormac takes Ethan first and tells Rune to be ready to run when he comes back because I guess he can't teleport to where like the shadows are. Like he has to like. Like I don't think he can go exactly to where you yeah, are. Like, he, it's it, within like a couple feet. He always expl- he ex- explains it. Yeah. So like when he teleports, when he teleports back, it might not be in the exact same spot. Exactly. So he's like, get ready to run. Like we got to go. Yeah. While they're gone, Mordok is like, I can smell you failing. And he's wondering like what the Fae is doing in the alley. And he promises that he's like, I will remember this smell and like blah 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 so like this is definitely going to come back to bite them in the ass um but thankfully Cormac comes right back and teleports them out he's like see ya leaves a little bit too close for comfort there no truly so Rune and Ethan are at a bar and Rune is pretending like he brought Ethan there to talk about something so it seems like the meeting was planned Mm -hmm. because I guess they're worried like they need an alibi because the problem is now that Mordok recognized ethan's smell mm-hmm. potentially like he might remember ethan and like he might 
think that Ethan has something to do with it. So they need an yeah. alibi to make sure that everyone knows that they, you know, or thinks that they have nothing to do with rebelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we were just here yeah. at, like, the bar. Like, yeah. what the... Um, But he does ask Ethan if he wants to move in with him. And Ethan says that he'll think about it. Oh. He's like, do you really want to stay with, like, Bryce and, with, and, like, continue to hear, like, Bryce and Han fucking every night? No, like, like truly. Doesn't like, sound fun. Babe, move in with Declan yeah. and Flynn and the boys. Exactly. Like, but then... The harpy and the hind show up and ask to join them in their drinks. Ooh. We have a drink with them, play some cards. Don't like. No. And now we shift back to Hunt, who's currently fighting the demon. Then he hears Bryce scream and the demon runs after her. And Bryce now is surrounded by, like, the shepherd, who's like three beasts all right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, two dozen reapers. That's a lot of reapers. I know. And the reapers start chanting, like, awakening the dead gate. What the fuck? And Bryce, I think, can sense that the dead gate is trying to absorb absorb her powers. Yes, because people give their power to the gates. Yeah. Um, and then Bryce like runs to grab her sword, but the hounds like run after her, and one of them manages to claw her back. Yikes! Um, but no worries because Hunt arrives just in time, and he starts using his lightning. And then Bryce, just like a little theory, just like pops in her mind, just like develops. She's like ding ding ding. Um, and she extends her sore sword. And the lightning, like, happens to hit her star sword, and, like, the world erupts. They yes. explain it. And Hunt is screaming as Bryce is hit with his lightning, but it's like she's conducting the lightning through herself and the star sword, and she ends up killing one of the dogs. Um, Hunt ends up getting thrown back against the dead gate and is, like, really winded, and he's trying um, to, like, get up, and he's watching Bryce try and use what little power she has left to, like, kill the other dogs. Um and while he's trying to get up, he, like, brushes the plaque on, like, the dead gate, and he feels it, like, suck up a little bit of his power, and he's like, ooh, like, don't want to touch that. But then he has an idea. We're just so full of ideas in this know, little right? Area. They're really just killing it here. Yeah. So he has an idea at this point, and maybe, like, he can channel the dead gate's energy because that's and, – and he's like, maybe that's why Apollyon, Apollyon, whatever, the prince of the pit – wants him and Bryce and Emil and Sophie because they can channel energy. They're conduits. Um, so he slams his hand against the plaque and the first light starts to travel, or I guess second light maybe. I don't know which one it is. But the light starts to travel through his body. He shoots it at Bryce, telling her to light it up. And she does, channeling his power through her to the sword and she kills the dogs. Um, they both start to leg it to the river. And now we flip to Therion and he's telling the River Queen about two more Vanier bodies found dead. Um, dead and tortured with a human scent around them and he believes that Pippa has done this and must be torturing anyone who may have helped Emil. So if you remember in the last part I think they find um, two other Vanier that died as well or that that were dead with human. It was a sulky. Oh yeah the sulky woman. Um, and with human scents around them. Um, throughout like this exchange the River Queen is like you need to find the boy. You cannot disobey me. You cannot question me ever again. I hope my punishment was enough to, like, remind you of, like, where you belong, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yes, ma'am, got you. But he's not really paying attention because above the water, he can see, like, lightning. And he's like, oh, like, it's not the River Queen that's making a storm. And, like, there wasn't supposed to be um, lightning in the forecast today. So he kind of puts two and two together and is like, clearly it's, like, Bryce and Hunt. So he leaves to go up. Back with Hunt, he's trying to process the fact that Bryce was a conduit to his power. They finally make it to, like, the river's edge. 
and they do this just as Therion appears and he gives them his like wave skimmer while he follows like behind them in the water and all I can picture is like they're on the wave skimmer and Therion's just like a little dolphin like that's a good picture like hopping in and out of the water but it's not a peaceful trip no it's not a peaceful trip because they can't have a peaceful trip that would be too easy because Sobeks are in the water trying to eat them and I I picture Sobeks as like big crocodiles big alligators Mm, I don't think that's what I pictured. What do you picture? I pictured kind of like a human looking thing with like really sharp teeth oh. and like gills and like webbed fingers and like, you know, you know what I'm thinking more? You know, those creatures um, that Harry Potter meets in like the fourth, the mer people. Yeah. Not yeah. The, yeah. I guess like the creepy ones though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They're all mermaids or yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, like yeah, with yeah. sharp teeth. Like that's what I'm picturing. Yes. 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 But Agreed. maybe you're right. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if Sobeks are, like, real. Like, if she pulled them from somewhere. From kind of mythology? Yeah. Possible. I don't know. Should I Google it? She might have also described it, and the description went right over my head. Oh, 100%. Like, I, mean, I was like, I don't care how you describe them. I'm going to picture them how I feel like it. Right okay. Sobek is an Egyptian god. Am I right? He okay. is the lord of crocodiles. Oh, and is decri- And is depicted with a crocodile head. All right. Cass wins. I'll put a picture up, but, like, that's kind of the vibe. Okay. Okay. I shouldn't doubt you i don't know i just got like vibes from it because she loves to pull from mythology so okay. i was like i You're feel right. like this looks like a crocodile you know um so yeah the sobics appear they're trying to eat them but therion is taking them out one by one he's like using like pressurized water to basically like buck them up um they finally make it back to bryce's apartment looking like a hot mess bryce is like where's rune and ethan they should be back by now and that's when everyone finds out that ephraim the hind and her dread wolves have entered the city and bryce is like i have to find my brother so, speaking of Rune, mm-hmm. Rune, Ethan, the Hind, and the Harpy are sitting at a table at the bar, and the Hind takes out a deck of cards, and they start playing a game of poker. This is, like, so out of pocket. Like, what? The Hind and the Harpy are trying to provoke them. The Hind keeps telling, like, Rune things that she knows about him, which kind of makes Rune, like, unnerved about the fact that, like, clearly the Hind is keeping tabs on him. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, oh, um... I heard you slept with like a fawn or like, like stuff like that. Like she, she knows, knows like intimate stuff. details. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and Rune asks the hind why she's even here, and she tells him that like his father suggested that she meet Rune, and she agreed. Mm. So interesting. That's um, weird. But That's the hind suspicious. starts teasing Ethan, saying that Ethan has been lusting over his dead brother's love, and this riles up Ethan. Um. So maybe you could be right. I think that, like why would you be so defensive about it? I just listen. I, I don't know. I think it's like a little puppy puppy I love. I really crush. never got the vibe. So this is new for me. Like I never really picked that up. I got the vibe. I got the vibe as like, and that's why he was so adamant about this whole Connor and um, Bryce thing because he's like low key vicariously living through like Connor. I guess. He's like, if I can't have her, I guess, like, my brother can, and I'm so happy for them, and blah, 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 and clearly never ended up working out, Connor's dead. Yeah. That (laughs) ended really grim, but, (laughs) so, Ethan's getting really, like, pissed off right now, and, like, Rune has to tell him to, like, calm down, like, Mm -hmm. mind to mind. Mm -hmm. Um, But the game of um, poker ends, and the hind wins, and her and the harpy leave the bar, telling Rune that she'll see him soon. Mm. You have to remember that, like, the hind is, like, half sisters with rune's fiance right now like hypoxia. yeah she's hypoxia? she's hypoxia's half sister so she was like teasing about that too being like oh, oh does my family. sister know that like you're sleeping around when you're engaged to her and all this maybe <sighs> i'll tell her 
So, She's yeah. such a bitch. They were really provoking them. Yeah. And I guess they, like, really, they were unsure if the reason that they were there, like, was because Marduk, like, sniffed them out. Mm. And, like, or if it just. Or if it was just kind of a coincidence. With the with the whole dad thing. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Interesting. And because they were in the city and, like, yeah, they yeah. Were, they're keeping tabs yeah, on everyone. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of unsure. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rune and Ethan show up to Bryce's apartment where Bryce, Hunt, and Therion are waiting for them. Bryce, though, has to leave because Celestina wants him to be there at work when Ephraim arrives. Oh, Hunt has to leave. Yes. Hunt has to leave. What did I, I was like, Bryce? oh my god, Bryce works no, for no. Celestina too? Hunt has to leave because Celestina wants him to come back to work. Right, right, right. She's like, you gotta clock in. Yes. And, um, but Rune's basically like, well, we know that Ephraim's arrived because they found out the hard way when they met all his cronies, mm-hmm. aka the Hyde and the Harpy. Right. Um, and like I said, like, Rune isn't sure if they showed up at the bar because Rune, like, or because Marduk, like, recognized Ethan's scent. Mm -hmm. Or if it was, like, more of a coincidence. Or maybe, like, they're unsure if maybe now that, like, they know that they're involved. Like, Like, they know that we know that you know that I know. Yeah, but in fact, Hunt asks Rune if they know about them and their involvement in the rebellion. But Hunt is like, or Rune basically says, well, if they knew about our involvement, I'm sure we'd be dead by now. Yeah, like, we'd be fucking dead and murdered, yeah. so there's no way. So, okay. Hunt leaves to go to work, and Rune tells Bryce that she smells different, but he can't explain what he means by that. And Bryce was like, stop smelling me, that's creepy. And they start debriefing about all the shit that they all went through that day. I think someone else mentioned the scent, too. I think Cormac did as well. But, like, why At does one she point. smell different? Because of the mate bonding thing? Or the sex. Oh. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. But it's was... either the sex or they might be trying to like tip us off to the mate thing. That maybe, maybe it is deeper than starting to snap into place. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. Because in Akatar, when they when they're mates, it's like they they talk about the smell all the time, right? Like yeah. they smell like each other. So it's you can interpret it one of two ways. You can say, oh, it's just because they're having sex, or maybe the, the mate bond there's like there's more depth to it than like they're alluding to mm-hmm. in this book. Uh, but that's where. We leave you with this one. Yeah, this one was a shorter set of chapters. I yeah, I, it moved like really quick. It was a lot of action, I think, yeah, too. Yeah, a lot of sex. Lots of sex. And action. Lots of sex and lots of and, fighting. And like fight scenes that I really can't picture in my head so I condense in like a sentence. Oh, 100%. I'm like, oh, they fought the dogs. Yes, they were running around. They killed the dogs. They won. That's all you need to know. Exactly. That's literally all yeah, the pertinent Yeah, the paragraph about them like jumping in the air and like being carried you know what i mean like, like i don't know like it yeah. just it doesn't compute in my head um any any other final thoughts or are we still feeling confused oh constantly confused okay good because that's also how i am still feeling um like i always say i read this book before but every time i do these chapter summaries i'm like what the fuck like i literally forgot that Mordock was a thing like when I when I read Ethan saying like because that's Danica's father, I literally was like oh, the gasp I gasped like I was I was still con- I'm still confused and like I guess you know I need to read more obviously to mm-hmm. really understand what the purpose is here mm-hmm. because to me he's kind of 
somewhat still irrelevant. I'm kind of like, who is this guy? Like, why do I care? Well, I think his you know? relevance right now just hinges on the fact that he smelled them in the alleyway yeah. and he could like blow their cover. But otherwise, like, but I need to know, like, is there more purpose to him or is he just going to be a character in relation to Danica? Yeah. Yeah. Is he just going to be a character that's like name dropped and then we never really care about him again? I do think that he comes up again. So I don't think he's like been name dropped and then like whatever. But regardless, still so confused. Like, I don't know what's going on. It's like so many characters in the series, we never find out who their parents are, but we find out this random dad. You know? I know. I feel like, I feel like in SJM books, the parents are like really important. Sometimes, though. Right? Not always. Yeah. There's so many characters. There's so many characters whose like parents are never brought up ever. I feel like when she avoids it, like the plague, it must be important. Because like she's, we don't know who Hun's parents are. And I guarantee you that's going to be. Well, I feel, I feel like they keep alluding to Hunt being some descendant of someone super important. Or like a demigod or like yeah. something like that. Because like there's like that um, statue where he like works. Like Thur or whatever. That like always reminds Bryce of Hunt. Hunt. So yeah. Like I think there's some inner workings at play here for sure. A hundred percent. So what are we doing next week? Next week is our special Halloween episode. Yeah. Where we dive into manacles. <gasps> I'm so excited. Yes, this one will be an interesting episode, I think. Yeah. We're doing Manacled. For those who don't know, it is a fan fiction by Sen Lin Yu. Um, it's a Harry Potter fan fiction. It's Dramione. It's very deep, very dark, depressing. Intense. So intense. Like I'm yeah. rereading it now and I'm just like, I'm upset. And I mean, like, for me, as you know, um, we've said this, I've said this multiple times in the podcast, like, I'm not a big fanfic girly, mm-hmm. whereas Cass is very much a fanfic girl. I love the fanfic. So I was like, you know, I keep hearing about this fanfic. I'm like, I'm going to do a little tasting. Let's see. Like, maybe I'll like it. Um, and that was a very interesting first attempt at fanfic. Listen, when I heard that yeah. that was the first fanfic she read, I was like, bitch, you are brave. Yeah. Like, that is a crazy fanfic to start with. I know. And in fact, I haven't read a fanfic since. No, so. I think it, like, traumatized maybe, her out of fanfic. Maybe a little. Maybe yeah. a little. But we'll talk more about it. It's really good. We'll t- I'm so excited. Yeah. So if you want to, like, talk about Manigold, DMs are open. Um, otherwise, all the, you know, episode description and all our socials and stuff you can find in down below regardless of where you're listening whether it's like apple spotify or youtube um please consider leaving a review or subscribing or leaving a comment or sharing liking it really really helps with our podcast and getting it out there um our dms are always open on instagram and we love you guys yeah so thanks for listening to two book bitches bye